Welcome to the St. Anne Roman Catholic Podcast, coming to you from Gilbert, Arizona. We pray that God will bless your time as you listen. Merry Christmas. Um, welcome to anyone who's joining us who doesn't regularly come to St. Anne's. Uh, if your family or friends pointed you in this direction, uh, they forgot to tell you that I normally preach about 30 minutes, so it's going to be a while. I get tickled every year at the vigil when we have to read this long list of names that nobody knows. And I always feel a little bad for the deacon because he has to pronounce that long list of names. And the only thing that saves us is no one knows how they're supposed to be pronounced. So you just say whatever and everyone thinks, I've been saying it wrong all this time. You can almost feel people's eyes start to glaze over because it, it seems very unchristmassy. We expect to hear about angels and shepherds, perhaps a stable. The church picks this reading for a very, very good reason. Hidden within it is all sorts of gems. I'll give you a couple examples. The total number of generations from Abraham to David is 14. From David to the Babylonian exile, 14. From the Babylonian exile to the Christ, 14. How convenient for Matthew. He leaves some names out, and he does it on purpose. The reason for that 14, 14, 14 is because each one of those 14s are two sevens. And seven is a really important number in the Bible. The seventh day is when God rests. It's the Sabbath day where we're commanded to enter into rest. And so we have in this reading six sevens. Matthew wants us to understand that we are in the seventh seven. Because Christ has come into our midst, the rest for which we long is already among us. It's not made perfect yet. We're still on the journey, but we are living in that last seven. And when it comes to its end, that rest will be perfect forever and ever. The names are also interesting if you know your Bibles. We will sometimes think of the Bible as the story of those who were good. And because they were good, God did good things for them. But if we, reproach, if we approach our God in this way, what do we do when we're not good? Does God cast us aside? Are we unwanted? Are we on the outside of blessings? Well, listen to just a few of the names that Matthew includes. Abraham. Abraham was a liar who said 
for purposes that only adults can understand, that his wife was his sister. Jacob. Jacob tricked his brother for the inheritance and had his own problems with wives. Tamar. Tamar marries her father-in-law after her husband dies through trickery. You can read about it in Genesis. Rahab was a prostitute in Jericho. The mother of Solomon, who had been the wife of Uriah, she was an adulteress. And David, his father, was both an adulterer and a murderer. Solomon is given a lavish life, power, wealth, 300 wives, 700 concubines. What's the point of this? We can sometimes think that God was waiting for everything to become perfect in order to show up. But that isn't the story of the Bible. The story of the Bible is that in the middle of the imperfections, in all of the problems and difficulties, God decides to come and dwell in our midst. You see, Christianity, Catholicism, and what we find in the Bible, it is not a philosophy for how to live your life. We have Aristotle and his Nicomachean ethics. We have Seneca and the Stoic philosophy. Those are virtue ethics. Christianity is not. The reason for the rejoicing of Christians on Christmas is because we recognize in this child God made flesh. He's not a guru. He's not a philosopher. He's not the kind of king that we think about, although he is a king. And when he came into the world, I know all of our art have very lovely stables and the very lovely angels that, by the way, don't look anything like biblical angels are described. There's a reason angels have to say, be not afraid every time they show up, right? When he came into the world, there were wars, there was poverty, there was every form of sin and deception. There were all kinds of problems, the regular human problems that all of us face. That first Christmas was not this perfect idyllic picture that we paint in our minds. We have good reason for doing that because of our tenderness for Jesus. But God will come into the midst of the darkness. And that's the Christian faith. 
He deigns to become one of us. The immutable, unchangeable God who the whole universe cannot contain is found in this little child utterly dependent upon the care of his parents, vulnerable as every human being is. And we know that it is a birth destined not for, like the superheroes, with thunder and lightning and uh, strange powers that overcome enemies and the destruction of everything around him, but the willing laying down of his own life to descend into the depths of the pit of despair and shine his light, yes, even there. That's Christmas. Whatever our difficulties might be, whatever the problems in our family or at work, all we need is Jesus. Whatever we've done, God can use that for his own glory. Until the moment that Jesus comes into our history, there's no sense of all the tragedies and the terrors of human existence. But when at last he comes, everything is changed on its head. God did not create the universe and then decide afterwards to fix it by sending his son. In Jesus, we find the reason for which the universe was made in the first place. In him, we find the end for which we all long, the destiny for the existence of every human being. And he named him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. I hope that you all have a very Merry Christmas with friends and family. Um, enjoy one another, feast, partake of carols if you like to sing at home, but do not forget what it is that we celebrate. We discover in Jesus that we are made in such a way that we are fit to be kin with God. Thank you for listening to the St. Anne Roman Catholic Podcast. For additional podcasts and media, visit us on the web at www.sanneaz.org. Again, that's www.stanneaz.org. St. Anne, pray for us.